I had the opportunity to play quarterback in high school at USC, eight years in the NFL, and I absolutely loved it. But I got so wrapped up in that identity as being the football player, the quarterback, that when it went away, something within me also went away as a form of my identity. How does that sound? Yeah, that's good. Welcome to Through the Tuttle, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by former Major League Baseball star Jim Abbott. We discuss with Jim how dangerous it is having your entire personal identity wrapped around your career and how this is an especially big challenge that many professional athletes face. We hope you enjoy the show and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. Jim, was your identity too wrapped up into being a baseball player? I think maybe I made the mistake of, of being a little bit too caught up in, in success. You know, um, it, it seems to fill these, I don't know if there are holes in our, our self-esteem and who, sort of who we are. I think it glosses over some things. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the paradox to me, the, the, the irony maybe, is I found losing to be more instructive in terms of um, learning about yourself. Because winning only, only makes you want to win more. It, it, it only, you know, you just want more of it. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's, it's full. almost like a de- an addict. Give me more, yeah, give me more, yeah, give me more. Yeah, it's a human you, condition. You have that joy, and then you want more, and you want more, and you want more. And, and it really helps. I mean, it really helps you to feel good about yourself. And those successes certainly become a big part of who you are. Um, but, you know, I was with the Angels. Uh, I did fairly well to be, uh, my first four years. I, my record went up and down, but I, but I pitched well. And then I went to New York in the, the bright lights of New York City and the Yankee organization. And, and, I, and I didn't pitch that well. I pitched okay. Um, and I had some struggles. I didn't meet the expectations of a big trade. Um, and so it was the first time I had to grapple a little bit with, uh, you know, negativity, negative feedback. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just this inspiring story and this, you know, and a funny thing happened. Um, a guy at the middle of the season for the, uh, the New York Times wrote an article and he, he, he gave every Yankee a grade for the season, you know, up to that point. And, and he gave me a C, <laughs> I think. I don't remember the exact grade. And But it wasn't super positive. It wasn't an A or a B. It, it wasn't super positive, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. no. And, and somewhere in the little synopsis of the season so far, he described me as an underachiever. And I took it to heart. You know, I really was like, whoa, you know, you can say that I haven't pitched well. But I don't know how you can say I'm an underachiever. So it kind of pissed you off? It kind of, it did piss me off. And so I confronted him in the Yankee locker room. And, and, and I know him to this day, Jack Curry's great, super good guy. And, is, is, you know, is a well-respected voice in the game. And I, uh, I, I, you know, I said, hey, you know, 
underachiever. <laughs> right. And he stood by it. And he said, well, you know, I don't think of you as a one-handed pitcher. I don't think of you. I think of you as a, as a quality left-handed pitcher. And to this point, you have underachieved that talent. And he was exactly right. He was exactly right. Right in that moment, in some small way, I had almost looked for the excuse right. of having one hand, like you know, protecting myself from the scrutiny. Hey, look what I've done! I've only look, had one hand. Right. I got this far. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't the case. Right. You know, going back to what my dad had said, you know, more's been given than taken away. That's your responsibility. Not this. You know, it's your. your you got it. You have it. So that was the first time that I confronted that, you know, like that willingness to go to the excuse. And I was really disappointed in myself. I was really disappointed. And, and I, it's a small story, but I still think about it a lot. Yes. You know, um, I can't rely on that. You know, more, we were more responsible to the talent that we've been given than any sort of, setback you know just keep pushing to, to to hold yourself accountable to that but we're as human beings we we tend to want to protect ourselves right from criticism um i mean see i confess he did it you know mindset that i think most people have yeah instead of holding ourselves fully accountable fully responsible for everything that we've done that's a really empowered place to be uh, and to come from and so that that was sounds like a very valuable lesson that you learned because it'd be easy for for you to do that Say wait wait a minute. Are you kidding? Well, me? especially because the narrative has already been built. For That's you, right. right This guy has done so much to overachieve right to That's get right. here with what little he was given or what he you know Was perceived as little to be right. given because you got a lot you were buying arm. into your own narrative and I could right. hide behind it. Yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah, right you could hide behind it, you know, and if you can't be brutally honest with yourself you know, if you can't evaluate performance, you know, if you go out and play a round of golf and you make a bunch of putts and, you know, you, you forget about how, why, you know, all the, you know, bad shot, you, you, you can't get better. You can't address where weakness is. And so uh, I really believe in really honest evaluation and brutal evaluation. And, and it's, it's hard because you're right. It's easy to go to the excuse. It's easy to say, well, I, you know, this is why. I had a bad or, day. Yeah. My wife yelled at me. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and tr truthfully, professional sports push you to that probably in a lot of ways that, that we don't always get pushed to in our regular lives. But um, I do try to carry those lessons forward. So your identity at that point was the identity of a guy who had overachieved to become a major leaguer. And so we talk a lot with our company about personal identity and how we are more than one thing. However, I think maybe a positive thing in personal identity, in your case, might have been that um, seeing yourself as a baseball player as a kid gave you an identity that helped you to uh, grow and, and kind of overcome challenges that we throw. Would you agree with that? Would you agree the idea of being able to fit in as a baseball player and making that your identity was a positive thing in your life? Hugely, hugely, you know, to be on a team you know, to be a part of something, to have success. You know, when I had those, you know, uncomfortable moments of being different and, um, you know, that I had, that was my chance to fight back. You know, I could always revert to that, that, oh, well, I'm a pretty good pitcher, 
right, right, right. You know, I may not be uh, scoring with all the girls at the moment, and you know, I may be getting that awkward second glance down a high school hallway, or um, like you said, kids can be brutal. But uh, that success in sports um, meant a lot. It propped me up, and and I'm not ashamed to, to to enjoy that. You know, and and it meant a lot. Yeah, no doubt, uh, because the other side of that would have been, well, the guy who can't play because he's got a he's got a disability, and that becomes your personal identity if you let that become, which you obviously didn't do, because mm-hmm. you achieved and achieved and achieved and got yourself, you know, up to the pinnacle in, in a big league ballpark. But isn't that what we all need to do? We need to find that place where we're good at something, we love what we're doing which brings us confidence, which brings us belief, which props us up, as you said, Jim, um, which can carry over into other areas of life once we have that. Yes. Isn't that what we all need to strive for, to find that place? I, I think you tapped into something really strong there. You know, um, we talking about meeting all those kids in major league stadiums and meeting those parents and the profound impact that those meetings had um, and the questions you know the parents asked me about my parents and what did they said what were their words of encouragement um, but seeing those kids you know the boys and girls you know some of them had little league jerseys on some of them didn't you know some of them uh, hung on to their mom's leg you know but the funny thing it's exactly what you say they all loved something they all loved something, and the things. You know, as I've gotten letters and corresponded with them, you know, since and seen them grow up, you know, they're they're motorcycle racers and and MMA fighters and basketball players and 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 you know, they're just doing amazing things that you never would have guessed. So they did find that thing. There was there always seemed to be that hunger of of finding that one thing that you love that you think about before you go to sleep and that you think about when you wake up in the morning. And it provides that drive and that, that, that mission and that, that sense of purpose. That's awesome. Um, there is a double-edged sword. Because when you're putting the eggs in that baseball basket, um, it eventually is going to go away. How did, you, how did you respond to the end of your career? Because you had carved yourself out this identity as a professional baseball player, and now it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you deal with that part of your life? It was it was very difficult, you know. Um, people go through a lot harder things than transitioning out of Major League Baseball. Um, but you're right when you're all your eggs are in that basket, and then that basket's empty. You know where do you turn? And so um, I read a lot, um, and I really tried to make sense of. Blessings. I really tried to focus on, you know, what I had rather than what was gone. Uh, My family, my daughters, their achievements, their goals, their lives, uh, which ultimately means so much more to us than anything we ever did, right? And, and, And turning to that really helped a lot. And then my speaking really helped me to, um, sit down and, and say, okay, if I'm going to get up in front of people and share something, I want to share something honest. And, and what happened? You know, <laughs> whoa, boy. I mean, it's over. That whirlwind's over. Um, 
what did I learn? You know, what, what, who meant something to me? What lessons meant something to me? What can I, if I'm going to, you know, put myself on this podium, you know, you better try to be honest. And so all those things together helped me to move away from, you know, the game that I loved and, and really missing it a lot. Yeah, because at that point you do come to realize you're not just a baseball player, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're now a public speaker, and through your public speaking you're able to provide people some wisdom that you've learned along the way, and all those things fill that hole, right? That hole of not being a baseball player, and pretty soon that hole's gone. Yeah. What I, what I like to talk about with people is because we all have these identities, right? And you're a husband, you're a father, you're a son, uh, you're... Um, which I always hate the term former professional athlete, that whole former thing, uh, but you're a professional speaker. But let's just take all of those things away, all those identities that, that you have, Jim, and what's left is the true Jim. So who is the true Jim? What's left after you take away all those identities? Who is Jim? <laughs> That's a good question. I, who is Jim? I, I suppose, you know, I, I like to think of myself as who's someone who's trying to be a positive presence in other people's lives. Um, that's trying to give back in some way um, and, and not be someone who's taking all the time. I know that there's a big difference between how we see ourselves and how we actually act <laughs> and how other people see us. I know there's a big difference between how I see myself and my wife sees me, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I really you know, feel like try to bring good intentions to each and every day and try to be present and, and um, you know, just absorb. I, I, I want to be in the moment and, and, you know, whatever pathways I can find to do that, that's hopefully that's the true me with a, it is. appreciation and gratitude, I guess is. I, I see that in you. I see a real humble individual, a giving person, a caring person, someone that gives people the time. Um, and you don't often see that with the people that have achieved such success that you had. So, so keep being you. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.